All right, everybody. This is Jim Gordon alongside Dick Lynch. The Jimmy Palumbo Show is on the air. I always wanted to just open up the show with Jim Gordon. I mentioned that last week. So, Jim Gordon, the awesome giant announcer on the radio for, for like 25 years. Long gone now, but uh, he was the before Bob Papa guy. So, I always love Jim Gordon. Looking at Sims, looking great. He's got great. Um, anyway, this is show number 10. Now, those of you scoring at home, I know you're dying to call it the Eli Manning Show, number 10, but we're not going to go that way, though. So, Chris, who do you got as number 10? Oh, man. Um, Elston Howard, we're number 10. Elston Howard? He's 32. What's the matter with you, Elston Howard? Ellie Howard. I'm not a fucking 100 years old. Oh, I don't know. God. It was a you shot in the dark. You could have said Rick Cerrone, but you know what? There's an ultimate one, and fans who know me know I'm a big Giant fan, so the ultimate number 10 is Brad Van Pelt. Okay, this is the Brad Van Pelt, number 10, outside linebacker on the 81 Giants, Brad Van Pelt, also on the 86 Giants as well. Great guy, God rest his soul. But this is the Brad Van Pelt show. Matter of fact, my my uh, my brother wore number, an old Brad Van Pelt jersey to like well into the 90s. It looked so stupid. Then Eli came and people were like, why are you wearing that old jersey? And my brother would say like, shut up, it's Brad Van Pelt. But yes, episode number 10. It's good. To, finally, this is historic. There's 10 Jimmy Palumbo shows now in the can. I'm very happy about that. I think they're going well. I'm still here in downtown Matawan, New Jersey, just off of Route 34. Matter of fact, we're like on Route 34. And I have nothing against Matawan um, other than the stretch that we're in, of course, is the most depressing place in the world. And I'm still in the same studio where I got to stare at a, a, a Witten jersey from the Cowboys. Thank God they hung up some Lou Gehrig stuff from my father's uh, office, uh, my, my father's old office. And also behind me, of course, is like Deion Sanders and Troy Aikman. It's so horrific. Bro, you got the, the walk of fame on the way into the, yeah, the recording I, room. You, you know got- what? I didn't even really take a look at it. I was busy. We're going to do that afterwards. Of course, they did put up some of my uh, beer league stuff, which is very exciting. And uh, we got a Derek Jeter behind me and you know some other guys. Of course, Aaron Rodgers, because Chris is a Packer fan. I have to acknowledge that. For some reason, you're a Packer fan, but like you're 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 somehow you're still a Cowboy fan. I don't know some kind of Stop. some kind of thing in there. But anyway, here we go. Episode number ten. All right, that's right. Um, crazy week, of course. Um, running around, I actually went to my first Yankee game in probably three years, eh, two years. I guess I went the year before the pandemic. Um, it was awesome. Um, my friend, Father Paul, and his mom got me tickets, and we sat in the Delta uh, airline section, um, uh, who I do all the shorts with, Father Paul. Uh, his mother got the tickets because his mother works for a company that sometimes has access to tickets, and we sat in the Delta skybox. Um, it was awesome. Uh, and when I first got there, it was the first game against Houston, you can't believe how loud the cheers were when they were, you know, F Altuve. It was so loud. It was mind-boggling. It just, I'm sitting with a priest, and uh, fans are screaming, fuck Altuve. It was very awkward for about five minutes. But I almost got him to join the cheer, but I realized. So I yelled it out. But the good news is I, I turned to him, and I just did a quick confession. That's the good thing about bringing a priest to a baseball game. When you curse, you immediately confess. So... 
bring was, him everywhere. I know. I was like, I, I want to hang out with him like every night. Like, if I go out drinking and I'm talking to chicks or something, I'd be like, I, I, t- I could tell the girl like, hey, we could do whatever you get, we want. You get absolved every. No matter night. what we do, I just get it absolved on the spot. You too. You can actually come in and get it absolved. We right. we can just get stuff absolved. No, that's horrible. I'm kidding. Father Paul's a good friend of mine, so um, and he does all our shorts, and he's involved with the Jimmy Palumbo show as one of my crack committees there. So uh, we love having him. But being at the game was wild because initially I felt bad that there wasn't many people there, you know, because of the the rules they have, and they check your ID, and some girl checked out my COVID thing, but I don't think she was really looking at it. But here's the best thing: this is how you know you're old. Um, Everybody knows you got a 55-inch screen at home, so who wants to go to the game? And I kind of believe in that theory too, for a little bit. But while I was there, I was initially saddened because I thought this place would have been sold out, would have been so loud against Houston, you know, screaming and yelling. But the fans over there were vocal. But then by the third inning, i got to be honest with you, it was easy to go to the bathroom. Yeah. It was easy <laughs> to get a beer. It was easier to get, like, a T-shirt. I was like, this is the greatest thing ever, like... I think all sporting events should only have less than 10,000 people. It'd be beautiful. Um, but that's for people that are old like me. But the Yankees, I tell you what, though, Stanton hit his shot during the game. Giancarlo Stanton. I never saw a ball hit like that. It was Not the home run. That was also a bomb. But he hit a ball six feet off the ground that hit the dead center field bottom of the wall. So it blew past the outfielder. Like, I had such good good angle on it. The, the noise, because there's not that many people in the, in the stadium, you heard, like, this crack, and the ball's like a golf ball, and it hit the bottom of the wall, and the fielder hadn't even moved yet. And I was like, I've never seen a ball hit like that. That was the hardest ball I've ever seen hit, dead center field. I was blown away. Of course, you got a double. Um, but it was fun to see, you know, just to see the stadium. And the scoreboard now has all those awful fantasy stats and, this average, that average, all kinds of stuff. I'm thinking, you know, get the old scoreboard. Just what's the score? How many outs? They have so much on the board; it's disgusting. But uh, it was fun. Had a couple of beers, relaxed. He got home at a reasonable hour, and the Yankees won the game. So, um, all good. All is good in Yankee Land. I also, uh, I'm still very concerned uh, because because of Mother's Day. Um, we're dating our show here, but that's okay. Uh, happy Mother's Day, Mom. Uh, was with my mother uh, all day yesterday and this morning. Um, but uh, there was no softball game um, on Sunday because of Mother's Day, which what a great rule that is for a league. I saw Little League games going. I was driving around Sunday. There was Little League games going. I'm like, you know what? Why don't you just cancel Little League games on Mother's Day, will you please? Father's Day and, and, and Mother's Day, no games. Cancel everything. Because if you've got older parents, you don't want to miss anything. And it's like, we're going to have one Sunday off. The kids are playing Little League. Most of the kids stink anyway. And um, and they're playing on Mother's Day. Matter of fact, I'll let you slide on Father's Day if it's a sport thing. And I'm not being sexist here, but it's like, all right. So there's two. There's Mother's and Father's Day. So one of them has to go in terms of playing sports on. So let's have Mother's Day, no sports. Have a day of, like, rest and you can just be with your family. It's a special day. You know what I mean? Even if you watch sports at home, yeah, it's fine. But don't have to be at the game, bring the luggage, I mean, the, the equipment. It's a nightmare. But um, it was, uh, we didn't have a game. So I actually hit the cages. I went to the cages. Dude, I'm concerned. I'm concerned about Johnny Trino. I really am. I think the layoff, I think, you know, listen, the pandemic has casualties, right? I think one of the casualties of the pandemic might be that Johnny Trino just, 
I don't think Johnny Trino can can get past the pandemic. Uh, I gained weight. I'm sloppy. I'm slow. My body parts that hurt, I didn't know existed. We're gonna have to cast a new member for the for, for the softball right field. Uh, we 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 might have to. We might have to. We might have to cast somebody else as Johnny Trino. That can't be. But maybe I'm just setting it up for the grand comeback. I was in the cages. I was smoking a few of the balls, but it just it didn't feel good. I'm just not a. Uh, maybe I got to st- start eating more chicken, like Wade Boggs. Eat chicken before the game or something like that. Get ready to go. But yeah, it was. Uh, I don't. I don't know what it is. Uh, that Johnny Trino, that the, the wrist action, the, the was not there. I mean, is it gone forever? Can I have one comeback in me? I'm not so sure. Um, it's like you know Michael Jordan coming back after playing baseball. Can he get it done? But uh, but still, hey, look, uh, you know, softball is that. And, of course, my lovely Knicks, you know, people always say to me, Jimmy, you talk a lot about sports. Well, I'm a little bit of a sports fan, and I'm Johnny Trino. And plus, uh, I'm a huge Knicks fan, and they haven't won since 1942. Uh, it seems that long anyway. And they're good now. They just beat the Clippers, which is a big win. And uh, I like the way they're playing, and I think they're going to clinch uh, a one through six spot. It looks like they will anyway if they don't go over four. And uh, they have a lot of tough games, but you know I think they're going to make it. And the Knicks are just fun to watch. I know I say it every week now. It's like the third or fourth week. The Knicks are tough. Hey, guys, this is Sturge from Chop Sports, and I want to talk to you about a new hobby of mine, and that's real estate. Ever since we brought on our resident realtor here at Chop Sports, that's all I can think about. So we got another one. You know who's really good at this stuff? Jay Devlin of CRG Homes. Jay is out of Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and business is booming. Whether you're looking to relocate, buy, rent, or literally purchase property and watch your stacks get higher, Jay is the guy to do this for you. He's already in the process of helping me out right now on a possible summer home. Call Jay right now, 843-315-5913, and have yourself a chat and learn about all the perks and tell him Chop Sports sent you. It's time for the uh, Jimmy Palumbo booking uh, section of this show, and... We all know who sponsors the Jimmy Palumbo's bookings. And, of course, we were going to rename this segment, but it's so lame that the lame is actually cool now. You know what I'm saying? This is like, this is like, uh, uh, it's just lame. Jimmy Palumbo bookings. So maybe someone doesn't even know what a booking, a booking is when you audition for a job and you book it. It's a gig. It's so bad it's good. It's so bad it's good, right? It's, it's, it's like kind of these studios. It's like Matawan. It's like uh, John Sterling and Susan Waldman. That's right. It's they're so bad they're good. No, no, no. Wait, first of all, that was very sacrilegious. You can bash on Susan Waldman, but you can't bash on Jay. The combo, them two together. John Sterling is a living legend. I'm not saying he's not. He's been doing games since 1989. 1989. How old were you in 1989? Seven. Okay, so you were seven years old, and John Sterling was calling Jay Johnstone Jaybird during Yankee games. Come on. I'm not, I'm not hating. It's just the combo. On an so, all-new Yankeeography. So bad it's good. When we come back. Is that Roger? Uh, well, he, She's rough, but I'm used to her now. Now, she's in Susan Wallman. I'll give you that. Like I used to, I couldn't stand her. Now I like her because she's so bad, but she's my bad. You know, um, but you can't mock out John Sterling. I mean, how would I? Look at some of the scores. 8-1, 9-2. You know what, Jay Bird? What he used to say, um, Someone he would say, you know, Yankees are playing terrible here, and I know I've done Braves games because he did the Braves when they stunk, which is so funny. So the line I've done, I've done Braves games. Uh, if you get that, I have to send you another dollar. So here we go. We all know that this uh, Jimmy Palumbo's bookings is sponsored by. That's right, 
absolute eyewear getting involved here. 42 Main Street, Woodbridge, New Jersey, 732-326-3937. The owners are Craig and Janine Machaud. It's a family-owned thing, brother and sister, good people. They're, they're, they got everything with your, uh, anything you need optical. Eyewear, they got um, eyeglasses, eyewear, non-prescription, prescription. They got safety glasses, sports glasses, the ones with the prescription. They got motorcycle glasses which I've never owned a motorcycle, but if I did, I would get my prescription motorcycle glasses at Absolute Eyewear, 732-326-3937. They also got the glasses for the kids and contacts, eye exams and all that, and they have really glasses for every budget, and more importantly, they're good people. They're good people, and of course, they got tons of glasses, and um, I, I think maybe I'll, you know, maybe I'll just do a little Bob Shepard, I don't know. Ray-Ban, Coach, Ralph Lauren, Jimmy Choo, Silhouette, Michael Cause, Vogue, and Maui Jim Sunglasses. I got to do Bob Shepard. Although, I still want to do, I don't know, maybe a little Marv. A little Marv today? Ray-Ban getting involved here over to Ralph Lowell. Jimmy Choo for threes. Got it. We're tired of anyone. Um, but uh, they got glasses for every budget, including mine, which means they sell very inexpensive stuff. And they sell high-end stuff. They got discounts for seniors, AAA, AARP, Blue Cross Blue Shield. But the cool thing is $100 off a complete pair of prescription glasses when you mention this podcast. Okay, but it's got to be a complete pair, which means you got to get two. Those of you scoring at home that don't have two glasses. Um, but we added something to it. and that You have to bring a picture of me from the Internet because right now their, their windows are like mobbed with photos of me. All over the place because the discounts are just running out the window here. Um, they're open five days a week. They're closed Wednesday and Sunday. Sunday's a day of rest, and Wednesdays is we used to play softball on Wednesday. So I made them, I literally made them close. I'm like, Craig, you can't work on Wednesday because we need you here early. You were getting here too late. Can't have that. Um, but that's it. Absolute eyewear. Uh, 42 Main Street, Woodbridge, New Jersey, 732-326-3937. Tell them the Jimmy Palumbo Show sent you and save yourself $100 on a complete pair. I don't know. Still want to do Jim Gordon. Ray Bad looking, looking, look. Ralph Lauren looking, Jimmy Choo. He's got Jimmy Choo. Uh, so that's it. So now it's the Jimmy Palumbo booking section of our show. And I decided to do one that I realized was kind of my... My first film booking, which was the movie called Kissing Jessica Stein. Kissing Jessica Stein, which was the darling of the independent. Um, I think it cost a million dollars to make, and they did like nine million at the box office. So I think that the two girls who made the movie, Heather Jergensen and Jennifer Westfeld, who I love to death. They're adorable and beautiful. Um, Heather's, Heather's married to another good buddy of mine. And... Uh, Jennifer, I don't know if she's married, but she's beautiful. Uh, Jennifer, if you're there, I'm, you know, give me a call. <laughs> but uh, she's, they're both beautiful and sweet and good people. Um, and it was casted by Susie Farris, um, who is another doll. Susie, if you're out there listening, uh, give Jimmy Palumbo a call. But um, so the movie, though, I, the reason why I want to discuss the booking, it's kind of an odd thing. The movie was based on a play called Lipstick. And it's about these two girls and uh, they're friends, but they're kind of hanging out a lot. And when I was sitting in the play, I, I went with Artie Lang, actually, to see the play. So we're, uh, 
we're sitting there and all of a sudden it's like about 15 minutes in and I'm like, oh, is this going to be one of these like girl plays where they just bitch and moan about guys and 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 uh, I don't want to hit someone to hear it, you know. And they're on like this carpet in front of the fireplace on the stage and they're and they're discussing their life and this, that, and the other thing. And then out of nowhere, out of nowhere, they start sucking face. And I was like, I, me and Artie were like, whoa, whoa, what is get, talk about getting involved here? Kissing Jessica Stein, Jennifer Westfield is getting involved with Heather Jurgensen fans on their feet here. So first of all, anytime you're watching two girls start sucking face, this is awesome. Um, then you realize that they're, uh, they're lesbians. Or, I'm allowed to say gay, right? In, in the in the thing. So, so what the name of the play was Lipstick. So, a couple of years later, they got funding and they were shooting this movie, and I auditioned for it. And I booked a role, and it's the only scene where the two girls are flirting with two guys, but they're not flirting. The guys are flirting, and they're underneath the table, like feeling each other up a little bit, and uh, or touching their legs. And we think the girls are digging us, so we're saying all kinds of dub things. We have no idea that these girls are not coming home with us. And plus, I shot it with my broadcast buddy Tom Bolster, who was in the movie Game Day, played Mousy. Those of you scoring at home. And uh, so anyway, I, I booked the thing. I'm all excited. And I was supposed to shoot on a Monday, okay? So, okay, fine. What do I do? I go out Saturday night in Hoboken with the boys, me and Larry and Bobby and Tommy and all these guys. We're partying. Uh, I forget the name of the pub. McGillie's? McGillicuddy's pub. They have bands and stuff. I'm having a great time talking to some broads. And um, all of a sudden, uh, uh, my phone's ringing. And it was so loud in the club, I thought it was, I heard a girl's voice, and I kept on saying, just meet us here, just meet us here, and I'm hanging up, phone's down again, I hear these girls' voices, and I'm like, just meet us here, we're at the McGillicuddy's Pub in Hoboken, it's right on whatever street it was, so I had five times, finally I'm like, you know what, what's going on here, I keep on yelling, just meet us here, I go out to the bathroom, go into the stall, turn it on, and who answers the phone? But Heather and Jen, the two stars of the movie, okay, and they're like, Jimmy, Jimmy, where are you? I'm like, hey, guys, what's going on? And I was going to tell them to join us. What the hell? They're like, Jimmy, we need you to work tomorrow. Now, it's like Saturday night, and it's like 1230 at night, and I live 45 minutes away from Hoboken. I knew I had to leave there, drive home to Colonia, wake up in the morning, drive back to the city, and I'm already, I'm like... I'm feeling good right now. You know what I mean? So a buddy of mine, thank God, a buddy of mine drove. So I went up to him like, dude, I got to leave right now. He's like, what do you mean? I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm driving out. You know, I'm not drinking. I'm like, no, dude, I'm all banged up. I got to get, I was drinking scotch too. So I reeked of booze. I have to shoot a movie tomorrow. It's like my first movie. I thought it was going to be Monday. He drives me home. I get about four hours of sleep. I wake up in the morning. I shit, shower, and shave, get in my car, I drive to the set. It's right on 7th Ave and 13th Street, right around there in the city. And uh, they're like, Jimmy, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I'm like, no problem. I ended up like falling asleep in the uh, in the room. Where they, <laughs> I was like sound asleep. They didn't need me right away. And I feel like saying, why didn't you have my call time at noon? I would have been ready to go. So my buddy Tom's there, and we shoot the scene. And it went off really well. We improv some stuff. And it was really cool. It's like, that's going to be a nice little scene in the movie. So... We shoot the movie, blah, blah, blah. Like six months later, she called me up. Heather Jurgensen called me up. And I had been invited to, I went to Jennifer Westfield, they had a Christmas party. And I uh, 
I was able to uh, meet uh, John Hamm at the time. She was dating him. And uh, I don't think they're dating anymore, though. And uh, I hung out with him. He's a St. Louis fan. And at the Christmas party, I was sitting talking to him. And he was like a regular guy. He's a big he's a Ram fan, St. Louis Rams, and also a Cardinal fan. We just were talking. And he was on some other show. I forget what other show he was on. He was not a star. But he was like a good-looking fella, you know. Big, strong, Giancarlo Stanton kind of guy who was going to, you know, he was going on. And I, of course, looked like a short, fat Charles Durning. So uh, we were BS. And I'm like, this guy's really cool. And Jen was a doll. She had a nice party. So, but Heather called me up, the other the other girl in the movie. And she was like, hey, Jimmy, do you know any investors? And a buddy of mine who remained nameless, they needed like a hundred grand to finish the movie. But that's a tough call. Like you get in late, you give a hundred grand in, and then... Movie, a lot of independent movies don't work out. So he actually said no. He could have come up with the money somehow. And he said no. And um, the uh, of course, the movie was made for a million bucks. And it did $8 million at the box office. So all the investors did pretty well with that. And it was the darling, the complete darling of the independent movies until a little movie called My Big Fat Greek Wedding came out. And they did $300 million at the box office. So... I know her as well, and she uh, she don't have to work anymore, if you know what I mean. But um, so, but the name of the play was Lipstick, and that's how I remembered the name. I think it was even on the call sheet, Lipstick. Okay, I lose touch with everybody. You know, you work on a film, you go home. What are you going to do? You do your work, you slap a bass hit, and you go home. Like the Johnny Trino style of acting. So, and I wasn't good in L.A. at, like, networking. I was living in L.A. at the time. I was going back and forth. I wasn't good at networking and, oh, look at me, I did a movie. I was awful at that. And all of a sudden, it was, um, it was a Saturday morning. I get an email. And someone says, hey, Jimmy, man, congratulations on the movie. I said, what movie? She goes, Kissing Jessica Stein. I said, what the hell is that? I don't know what that is. She goes, you're in a movie, Kissing Jessica Stein. I just watched it at the Director's Guild. that had like a premiere of the movie. Now, this was my, fir this was my first movie, right? I'm going to be on the big screen and other people are watching it and I'm in the movie. I didn't get classic Jimmy Plumbo. I swear to God, if I ever get not, I guarantee I get nominated for an Oscar. I won't, I won't get invited to the ceremony. I'll be like, and the winner is Jimmy Plumbo, but I know nobody knows where he is. Yeah, that's it. My buddy Pat will pick me to win and I'll be playing softball and someone will go, Jimmy, great job. You didn't, how come you didn't show up at the Oscars? Nobody invited me. I didn't know. So I'm like, I, all of a sudden she describes the scene. I'm like, that was a movie called Lipstick. Next thing you know, I, I, I send an email. They're like, yeah, Jimmy, we were wondering where you were. I'm like, well, you got to let somebody. How do I know what's going on at the Director's Guild? But they had another screening that night. So I bring my buddy Anthony, who produced Beer League, and we go watch it. And we're watching a movie. Now, I've never been on the big screen. Let me tell you something. I don't care who you are in showbiz, okay? When you see yourself... On the big screen for the first time. And this was like the Director's Guild Theater. It was a huge screen. Regular, big, old school movie. Not a multiplex when you're on a screen the size of my 55-inch. This was the real deal. When you see yourself, I remember my buddy Anthony grabbed me. And he went, holy shit. And I went, oh shit, I'm on the screen. And I remember like being like mesmerized. Like, oh my God. You work so hard in showbiz. You finally, it's almost like you're... I don't want to say it's like your first at bat. It's like your first day at the stadium when you walk in as a player. You see your locker room has your number on it, your name on the plaque. Um, and uh, I was like, oh, my God. So then, uh, let me tell you how pathetic I got with that. So then I found out the movie's coming out. I was like, really? It's going to be like all the theaters? I didn't think it was going to go anywhere. 
But the coolest thing was they put that movie in the trailer in, in the trailers for one of those big Star Treks that came out. The one that was like a big one. I forget which one it was. I should know this, but so I think more people saw the Star Trek trailer. Well, no, when you saw Star Trek. You saw the trailer for Kissing Jessica Stein. So that movie was a big, huge hit, and everybody saw Kissing Jessica Stein. So then I went, so I had to go see Star Trek to see the trailer. Now, I have one scene in the movie. I'm in the trailer. I was like, and Palumbo with a huge three, back of the line, falling out of bounds. He falls into the sun's bench. I was like, oh, my God, I'm in the... So at the, uh, we when I met the director, I... Um, uh, we were chatting, and he was like, "You know what, Jimmy?" I said, "Dude, thanks. I made the trailer." He's like, "It's my favorite scene in the movie. It's just one of the, I just love that scene. It's just a really good scene." And I was like, oh, "That's a great thing to hear from a director." Even though I'm not even sure what he's doing now, um, he's probably he's probably doing a podcast. But uh, it was uh, it was really cool. So you just <laughs> you just don't you just don't forget your absolute. Uh, uh, first time on the big screen and I got to give credit because Heather and Jen they kind of knew me through my manager Peter Principato we had some connections she might have been friends with uh, Amy Wilson who was in live on tape I forget but they uh, and to Susie Farris who was the one who cast me and, and the director um, Charles Herman Wormfeld who uh, was kind enough to uh, to cast me in it that's a big deal your first one you know I actually have a, a the ticket when I went in I framed a, a newspaper with the ad in it and you can't take that away from me. That is it. The Jimmy Palumbo kissing Jessica Stein booking back way back in. Oh, man, I didn't want to say what year. Probably, I'm going to guess 2001, around 2001, 20 years ago. My God. Now, it's no beer league. You know what I mean? It's not beer league. But I'm not really, I'm kind of, you know what? Some people say I play the same guy all the time, so I don't know. I played, yeah, oh, oh my God, great, great pickup on my producer right there. The name of my character, which I forgot to tell everybody, which is really part of the joke, was Cheesy Pickup Guy Number One. So, like, this is how pathetic my life is. I don't just get the character Cheesy Pickup Guy. No, it's Cheesy Pickup Guy Number One. And my buddy Tom Bolster was Cheesy Pickup Guy Number Two. We're having to, listen, let me get, uh, I'm going to do an acting podcast so I can teach everyone about acting. Um, not acting, the business of show. Whenever your character has a number on it, that means you're, you're, you're not, you don't play much. You know what I mean? You're not like, like Robert De Niro's not known as like, you know, guy number two. Although my voiceover agent, Billy Ciro, love you, Billy, if you're listening. He always said, in the world of voiceovers, there's nobody better than guy number three. I would book these voiceovers. There was like eight voices, and I would be just like, like guys at a party, but I was always guy number three. Uh, and I would be like, guy number three? It's not even, guy number one had like four lines, guy two. And uh, so I used to joke around. He used to tell people, Jimmy, I'm, I'm not going to have you audition for guy number three. It should go right to, it should go right to a booking. They, they got to offer you the part. I must have booked like 10 radio spots as guy number three. And I'm the guy like just yelling out in the background like, hey, yeah, pal. That would be my line. Cha-ching, 400 bucks. We're moving on. But yes, kissing Jessica Stein. I was cheesy pickup guy number one. I've been sick, fat bastard. Cheesy pickup guy number one. Wow. That's it. Kissing Jessica Stein. Sponsored by... Absolute Eyewear, 732-326-3937 in Woodbridge, New Jersey. 
All right, everybody. I have a very special guest coming on my show. Uh, I'm thrilled to death that he's on because most of the people that I've had on my show, um, I either know professionally or I've always liked. Now, this next guy, I actually hated this guy. However, he didn't know that I hated him. And the reason why I hated him is because pretty much um, he has a similar career to mine, except he's, he's higher up the food chain. And the worst thing was, this would be like, in my mind, it's like Ali Frazier, but I'm Joe Frazier, uh, because this guy has auditioned for the same things I have, like 11 times. And I think I beat him once. I think I beat him once. It was like, you know, 15th round, the judge from Mexico City gave it to me. It was sloppy mess, people yelling. But but it was like uh, he beat me out for like I read this guy is famous for a major part on NYPD Blue. Of course, I read for that part. He was a, a, a star of a ABC sitcom called The Neighbors that was on for two years that he probably made uh, you know, 30 grand a week or something like that. And I also read for that part. I've had callbacks where literally my agent was like, yeah, it's between you and the guy named uh, Lenny Venita. I was like, oh, forget it. Just tell him I'm unavailable. I'm not, it's not going to happen. So, I mean, I can't even tell you just about every show he's ever done. I did six months later and a, and a lousier role. In other words, he had the seven part, six episode deal. And I'd be like, who is this guy? Lenny Venito. I hated him. And plus, uh, then you watch his acting and you think like, he's not that good. He's not that good. And then privately, you're like, shit, he's actually pretty good. <laughs> and yet, like, then you think, so for like six months, I thought I sucked because I'm like, I'm not as good as Lenny Venito. Then I realized nobody knows who Lenny Venito knows either, but he's making more money than I am, so he wins. Because when you get older, once you turn 40 and you're in showbiz, nobody cares about becoming a star. It's like, did you qualify for your health benefits? Did you, what, uh, you got your pension? Uh, everything okay? Oh, you got a day's work on Blue Bloods? Oh, but they give you like 1200 bucks. Nice, above scale, nice. The whole thing about becoming a star is gone. You just, you want all, you, you root for your friends. All my friends that I've been signing in on the same sign-in sheet for 25 years, who I used to be competitive with, now I'm like, oh, dude, you booked that so awesome, you know? Because I know what it means. It means you make money, you qualify for this, your health benefits. So, uh, but then one magical day on a non-paying gig, which even makes it, that is, makes it funnier to me. We're both friends with this guy, Anthony Mangano, and he was doing this, uh, $7 budget, uh, Christmas church of the gods thing, Catholic church in Brooklyn. And next thing you know, me and, me and Lenny are, you know, here I am. I'm finally working with Lenny Venito now, right? And we're in elf suits. In a studio that like is worse than the studio I have here, okay, and it was like on a camcorder, and and meanwhile Lenny was like on an ABC show at the time, and he was doing a favor for the friend that he was. It was just like the both of us gave each other look like, um, and I'm thinking, wow, I I couldn't wait to get in the ring against this guy. Now I feel like I'm at a at a gym in Matawan, and we're sparring now. It's like it's like a mess. So I realized that if I ever have my own show, I got to have Lenny Venito on because. I don't think Lenny realizes that he was, he put it this way. I would, if I booked the roles, if I know was, if I booked the roles that Lenny booked, I'd be, I'd be a star now. That's how I feel. But Lenny just consistently beat me to the punch every time. It's like, I feel like the Red Sox, you know, against the Yankees up until 2004, but I haven't had my 2004 yet. You know what I mean? So, um, it's very depressing. But then when I met Lenny in this ridiculous elf suit on this job we were not getting paid for, 
Um, I realized that like, oh, Lenny's a great guy. He's a regular jerk off like I am. Hates the same shit, you know, even though sadly he roots for the Mets. He's probably a Jet fan too. But it's like, um, I got, I mean, we just hit it off. We were ball breaking. So then, um, then with this guy, I'm doing, the reason why I'm doing a big preamp to this is because Lenny's going to have to defend all this. But then all of a sudden, Lenny decides to do a film, right? Lenny's doing a film. You know, he's got a few dollars. He's got an idea. So what does he do? He brings me in for a table read, like the initial getting it together. And I do the table read. I thought I scored like 25 points, 15 rebounds, you know. Next thing you know, they're shooting the short, but they're not using me. (laughs) It's like, not only is this guy Lenny, I can't beat him in the ring. I can't even beat him when we're signing autographs outside the ring 20 years later. This guy just has me completely beat. So then I was looking at his resume. I'm like, oh, my God, this guy's been on so many shows that I was, like, right there with. Um, So anyway, I would like to have on my show a a very good friend of mine and a a professional friend and a good buddy who lives in Staten Island from the Omni in Atlanta, Lenny Vanito, getting involved here the Jimmy Palumbo Show. Lenny, what's up, buddy? I always think of Ray Liotta in the shower after he hears double, 10 10 wins, you know, and they're like, Lufthansa, it was the biggest heist. Was yes. it 10 million? Was it 20 million? He's going, Jimmy! What's we should, up, Palumbo? What's going How on, brother? I can't thank you, you enough. Like you've been doing this for like 50 years. No, honestly. listen, I, I'm making so much money here, I can pay for like <laughs> okay. uh, tolls. My toll money's getting paid now. Thank you for such the, the, the kind words. That was so nice. And, well, and, so you're saying 10 and 1? Okay, do, do you realize? First of all, the one that you booked over me. I want to know what that one oh, just, <laughs> I know that. just the, How about the Cooper Tire one that's airing right now? You know the commercial Dude, with the tire for the and the face? You thank God for that? It was between me and you. Well, you know that. You, no way. Yes. Really? Yeah. I it would that. have been me. You know what? To be honest with you, he's a better so actor funny. than I am. I didn't know that. But I think the Cooper Tire one, I would have been right there with him. That would have went 12 you know I, I Listen, because of COVID, that, that was, it was, thank God for that. Because See, I was, know. You know I wasn't doing anything. I mean, I'm still not doing anything. It's uh, terrible. You're, you're Things have really slowed down for me. Listen, I'm doing a podcast in Matawan, New Jersey. <laughs> well, it's right. like fun. You're really, you're really owning it. Really, honestly. I just listened to one, the one, the May 10th one. It was fantastic. Oh, I appreciate it. I'm going to try and get in on the uh, on the softball, you know, because I have yep. a pot belly too, and I think I'd fit right in. We're going to play. You're going to play Thursday. I'm going to give you the address of the field and you show I'm, up. I'm coming down. I will All help right. your team. So now. I'll pull a hamstring, but I'll help your team. Yeah, you, you'll get a couple of bases. Team probably stinks. Um, all the teams I play on stink now, right, uh, including too. myself. I'm still mired in a slump. Um, thank God Mother's Day we had off, so I didn't have to not get a hit. But now, on a serious side, um, go ahead. I want to let, let's. I know you're from. You, you, you grew up in Brooklyn. Um, you're around my age, give or take. And um, I want to talk to you. Uh, I, listen, I'm kidding around with Lenny, but he's been on NYPD Blue. Uh, we played Julian on that. He was awesome on that. He's Julian, been on yeah. The Sopranos. He was on an ABC show for two years, playing the lead, The Neighbors. We'll talk about that in a second. And uh, Flight of the Concords. Uh, he's been on Ugly Betty shows like Bored to Death. He's been. Um, uh, he's a what voiceover. He's a voiceover that I was also up for. Pen Zero, Part Time <laughs> Hero, the role of Uncle Chuck for three. In and out. Palumbo is mired. In Listen, song. the movie when we did the we did the short version of the film. Your role wasn't in there. When we do the full length, that role is yours, Bobby. You were the gaffer. See, he's we, setting me up. See, this is like bad. He's I setting tell me you, up. We did, we 
we had to make a short version so we didn't go into the show in the movie. And we didn't go into the rehab and we didn't go into the show. Okay, here's, we had to stay this outside. is my, and this will be my fee. However much money I need to qualify for my health benefits, that's how much I'm doing the role. You got it. it is, consider it done. But, my uh, but anyway, he has been on, I mean, listen, the funny thing is, he's really been on the same shows I have. I mean, he did Third Watch, so did I. Law and Orders a bunch of times, NYPD Blue. Um, blind Justice. Oh, that was a bad show. Um, oh God! It was a blind detective. Blind I don't detective. They yeah. gave the guy a gun. Uh, what was that about? We both Who did a blind guy a gun. It's terrible. We both did Curb Your Enthusiasm. We both did Unforgettable. Oh, that was fun. We both did. Uh, what else? Uh, we both did Life on Mars. I can't believe that. Uh, with uh, with with, with uh, Michael. We both did Marvelous Maisel. We both did, did FBI. What did you do in Maisel? What did you I do played in a comedy club owner. Oh, perfect. Yeah, it's perfect well, for you. It's, it's cute I played uh, the, casino, the casino guy who's in charge of food and beverage. Yes, I so you were great. Yeah. You were great. <laughs> um, we both That's did The funny. Good Wife. We both did Person of Interest. Um, oh, my God. Remember that one? Of course, one? you were the yeah, lead. Wait, you were the lead. I, I robbed. You were the I lead. Robbed, um, Go ahead. I was the lead? I, I robbed the uh, Brinks truck with the... Uh, right. With, I, uh, oh, yeah. You know who I was with? Pablo. Pablo... Uh, What's the guy's name? Shriver. Pablo Shriver. He's blowing up now. He's doing movies and shit. Everybody's starting to do well. So, and I'm in Ma- I'm in Mad- I'm in Mad- can, I, can I curse? Is that what's the problem? You can curse, but you know, keep it. You know, you, don't you, don't you curse. Refrain. Right, yeah, okay, you don't yeah. want to curse. Like my mother does listen to the show. Oh, well, then let's be nice. Although she's Hello, like Mrs. Palumbo. She's Hello, like Mrs. Palumbo. She's like four weeks behind. <laughs> so she won't see this till Fourth of July. But uh, anyway, let, I, I got to ask you a couple questions. First of all, go ahead, man. Um, so now I just want to let everybody know I was joking around with Lenny, but he's a very good actor and he does work all the time. Um, and of course, fortunately, we both kind of sound East Coast, so we go out. We yes, go out. Yeah, he's yeah, a little better, a little better looking than I am, uh, but we're both equally Thank shot. You. I'm just a better softball player. So I'm going to see. We're going to see. But I would ask you, Lenny, what? Um, like, g- give me an idea. Like, your, your I think your first role was the Equalizer. Yes. Now, had wow. you have you had you been? Is that something you booked first, or were you doing theater or anything else like that before? No, I. Well, no. I when I, got, I graduated from high school performing arts, you know, and that's where I. Wow, you got into the high school for performing arts. Yeah, yeah. So I went to high school with uh, Jennifer Aniston. She was in my class. And uh, then you know Jennifer yeah. Aniston, friends. Her favorite episode was Jimmy Palumbo getting involved yeah, here really? with Jimmy the one where uh, Jennifer Aniston has the baby. It's like the highest. Yeah, you remember that. I- God, you know, I never saw those. I don't know why. I, I'll, I send I'll send you the clip. I'll send you the clip. Please do. She, uh, she always talks about it when they do those retrospectives. of. That's her favorite episode. But, of course, yeah, she mentions yeah. everyone in the scene except me. <laughs> she even describes my line. She gives me – she says the line, and then the guy says, <laughs> like – Says your name. It's it's no? like I feel like I double down the line at the, at the top of the ninth inning, and I get no credit for it. Like oh and Palumbo will like score. Charlie Brown of character exactly actors, right. Like, Nobody cares. So anyway, I got a lollipop. I got a rock. There you go. So <laughs> so anyway, so you got into this performing art high school, which is that a pain in the ass to get into? They take seventy out of four thousand. So I, I um, you know, you got. So go that's like book, that's like booking a role on Law and Order. Then that's exactly. How many yeah, guys? No, not exactly. I uh, yeah, I you know they wanted one, two, three minute monologues, and you know I don't know if you know in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, it's not exactly like an applause around the corner to get like I found out about it the night before. Wow. That I had to be in there with these two monologues, and I was looking, you know, junior high school. They gave us the uh, Big Apple book, and they were like. Look, like I said, look, my, I can act half the day. I didn't know it was like, you know, fame school. I just knew I could act. So she went, well, you need two monologues. You need to find a way to get a play. 
So that was back in the day of the mom and pop video stores. Remember the VHS? Yeah, yeah. So I was like, well, you know, the odd couple was a play. So I went and rented the odd couple and I waited for somebody to talk for a long time. And I copied down the words on a piece of loose leaf. I, I memorized one Oscar and one Felix. And okay. then I did it for the next morning before we got on the train. Wow. And I was sitting in the waiting room and I'm listening to people go, well, I've been working with my coach for since uh, for six months now on my prep. And I was like, I'm done. I'm roasted. These, these kids are serious. You know, we're 13 years old. They're talking, you know, with no, with no accents, you know, Manhattan children. And I just was like, it's not going to happen. But I went in and had a ball. And when I came back out, my mom goes, I think you're in. I said, watch, because everybody you went in with came back. And you just stayed in there. You know, they're making us do jungle animals and all of these great things. And then sure enough, the letter came like three months later. And wow. I was so happy. Yeah. That's so then I got the- So you went four years of that. And then yeah, right yeah. after that, you just went right into the business. Did you go to college? Well, then, you know, you, they, what's great about that? The only that's how I got in because they we had a showcase scene senior year, and they invite forty to forty five of the top agents in the city, and they come see your work. And you what? know, I did special perverses in Chicago, <clears throat> and uh, did the Jim Belushi part. You know, and uh, right, I, I got some offers, and I went in and I, and I got an I got an agent. Who was but your? Was, uh, was, did you get a commercial agent first, which means like a, yeah. Uh, they were both, you know. Yeah, I know. Like some, it was weird because like I don't remember J. Michael Bloom. Do you Jay remember? Mike, they, they were, were huge. I have a J. Michael they Bloom story too. Yeah. So they wanted me, but they wanted me on a six month trial. You okay. with, I think, was it Kevin Motley? Was that the guy you? Were? I don't remember. Yeah, that's like, I remember he, Sam Brunthal. I remember Sam Brunthal in. Um, I, I wound up signing with Triad. Okay. Do you remember Triad? I do. I do. All in the Ross report. And ICM. Yep. So, and then I would, I would hop, you know, the one thing I was good at, Jimmy, the one thing I was good at was I could feel when they were about to drop me. I could sense that they, they I wasn't booking enough and they were going to get rid of me. And I had gotten in good with the casting directors. So when the casting, I would go to casting directors, do my best piece of acting and go, you know what? I don't like, I'm not into this uh, ICM. I think they're too big for me. Right. You know, they love me, but I, I just need to, she's, well, I can get you some interviews. Oh, would you do that? I'm thinking about jumping. Meanwhile, I knew they were going to dump me. Right. Enough, you were like, smarter than me. I stayed with William. I was with William Morris for the first nine well, that's years. That's a good agency to stay with. Yeah, yeah but I wasn't. I, I, them. I was on the bench. I was riding the pine. I didn't play. Yeah, see, that's what. I, and I knew. And I knew I was about. And once you're out, you're out. You know. And that's why I said, let me get an agent. That was smart. So I, I did that twice. I jumped two times. So and then. So now, so then I'm really you, comfortable. I know. I think the way I read. Listen, I didn't know you back then, but in, in my mind. The thing that kind of put you on the map, and if I'm wrong and you had some other booking, you can uh, listen. The Law and Orders are great. I know you did a bunch of them. So did I. But to me, the role, my favorite show for a very long time, and it still is a great show, was NYPD Blue. I just my favorite. I just loved it. My girlfriend, one of those shows. Yeah, you played because it's so great when you know somebody's work before you know them. Like I didn't realize he was beating me out for these parts. your your role, you were such a lovable scumbag on that show, and it's hard to do that. You can because you end up playing everything mean, like play asshole, but then you have to play like you have a little bit of a heart, I guess. As they, you know, I've read about, but you, you did your character did. Now, um, what was that like working? So you must have did what ten episodes, seven episodes. You know, it was. Um, well, first of all, you work with people, and you realize you get to know them. You know, stars that you watch on TV. And you, the impressions you get on TV are never what they are when you meet them. Right. And uh, 
How is Dennis France? In your- Dennis France probably the the nicest, most amazing person I've ever worked with. And you know, I'm I'll tell you straight up, like Kevin James is a jerk. I'll tell you that straight up right now. You know, he's a big jerk, and I have no problem saying it. I don't care who he is. This, you know, he's he's a mook. Now, now that Dennis France, Dennis France. I mean, that guy. He he didn't. He wasn't nice because he wanted people to say he was nice. He just couldn't help it. He was. I tell you, I tell you. Wait, man. I tell you what he did for me. I get on the set, and I have I don't even have lines with him. I actually had lines with Anthony Mangano, and then right, but then right. he oh, walks did, in. Did you met Mangano? On, on no, no, I, I liked uh, no. I, we met him. I saw him at auditions and stuff. Oh, okay, um, all right. But um, that we, I'm, we're on the set, and I I had to walk in and go through that little gate they always walk through. Yes, and when I walk it. through the gate, he's got to walk by me. And while he's walking by me, Dennis Franz, the character Sipowitz, he gives me that Sipowitz look, which was like oh, iconic. I and I got the look. I'm like, I'm getting this. Like, forget about acting inside Meisner. I was oh. like, inside, if there was a little pilot inside my brain, that- it was like, <laughs> I'm getting the Sipowitz look. Yes. But then that he, look of disgust. That's yes. my father. I, I grew up with that look right. from my dad. Hey, listen, me too. So one of the one of the cool things was that we we rehearsed it. And we didn't quite get introduced. He went right up to me, said, "Hey, how you Such doing? Your name is Jimmy." He said, "Welcome, welcome to our sweet. show. Welcome to our show." Yes. Uh, and yes. he looked at me. He goes, "If you need anything, oh let, let me know." And you know what? I'm sure he said that to a lot of people, but I really believe that if I had an issue with my costume or something, so good. he would say, "Hey, this guy needs help." And I said to myself, "If I ever am in power, uh, a little bit of juice on a show." And that, yeah. that one day guest star guy comes on. I would do that to somebody else. I'm going to yeah. treat that guy good because and you know what? That's what's so amazing about it because it gets it gets passed down. You know, you see how it is to treat right. people, and, and you know what? And he's amazing. You know, what I love about I mean, Dennis France too. And what he made a boatload of money. Okay, more money than you can imagine. Jervingly so. Yeah. And, and, and what did he do? He retired. In other words, he didn't retire, but he said, "I'm out." Like, Listen, I talked to him about that because I, as I was, I was in some of the last episodes, and I said to him. So uh, be honest with me. Are you happy? Are you a little? I said the same thing to. Uh, oh God, I'm forgetting his name. All of a sudden, you know, Tony Soprano. Well, well, Jimmy, Jimmy, uh, yeah, Jimmy Gandolfini. So I said the same thing to both of them. But I'll tell you about Sipowitz. I said, "Are you happy? It's over. Are you? Are you gonna? Are you more? Are you a little sad? Are you happy?" He goes, "To be honest, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm ready to stop." I go, "So what are you gonna do next?" He says, "You're never gonna see me again." I said, "What do you mean?" He goes, "I'm done. Once I retire, I retire." Loves his wife to death. Right. Loves to golf and loves France. Well, I'm going right to Paris with my wife. We're going to golf. We're going to live it up. And I'm going to enjoy my retirement. And it's exactly what he did. And they, I just did, I did the pilot of, they took Theo, the son, on the show right. and made him a cop. And he's supposed to defend his, Sipwitz's his death. Sipwitz gets right. killed right. in the pilot. So they brought back Julia. They brought me back. I was only three of the characters from that show that of all those seasons that they brought back to do the pilot, which I picked up, as you see, (laughs) because nobody knows what I'm talking about. I think they do. People remember that they were were bringing that. And they, uh, no, I mean, nobody, yeah, nobody knows that they, they remade it. Uh, NY, it was called NYPD blue, you know, whatever the year is. And it was Sipowitz. He's an English guy. Um, And, uh, and, you know, they, it was the same guy, Matt, you know, they brought that whole thing back, and it just it never flew. I don't know where I was going with that somewhere. I forgot. It doesn't matter, because it's my show, and we can do whatever we want here. So, um, let's see. So, NYPD Blue. Now, what, What? Um, first of all, uh, what, what do you got? I know you were on uh, the show The Neighbors, which you were on. 
I, I, I learned a valuable lesson that day because um, I went in. It was for a lead of an ABC sitcom, right? And okay. I just, I don't know what happened to me. I got into my head that they're not going to cast Jimmy Palumbo as the lead in this show. And I, I looked over my lines and I did prepare. But my, there was an overwhelming, and this is a life lesson for anybody. There, my maybe my body language or my, I was like, I'm just, I'm just not going to get a hit off this guy. So I got up to the plate and I just took a nice hack and you know I hit a dribbler, fielded cleanly, fired across the diamond, one away. And I was like, and I went in, and then uh, I didn't see you there. But then when the show got announced, and it was going to be with you, I was like, oh my god, I had a shot. Like, I had a shot. No, not that you, again. You're higher up the food chain. You have a good relationship with ABC. I get that. But I was like, like Lenny, Lenny's like, you know, it's like, I, how dare I? And ever since then, I have never, I have never gone in with an audition as if I don't care. Like, I can't win this. I've gone in with the attitude like, they're stupid if they don't hire me. Um, You were like, if Lenny can do it, I sure the hell can do it. And I also saw um, Anthony DeSando. Do you know him? Another actor. Yes. He was in Beer League. He played Manganelli, the pitcher. He's, yes, he's another. Good he's league. another really you were good. Wonderful act. in beer league. Um, you were very good in beer league. Well, thank you, you very were. much. We, we never talk about beer league on the show, do we? <laughs> <laughs> That's all we talk, talk about is beer league. You were good in that um, that other one, the Michelle Pfeiffer and the, um, the family. Yeah, the family. Yes, they went to Paris or something, yeah, right? Uh, you were dude, good in that. That was the gig of a lifetime. I was there for six weeks. Oh yeah, you, you made some money on that, didn't yeah, you? Made, made that's some pay for all of that uh, sports paraphernalia behind you. Yeah, of bet. course, this isn't mine. This is like I got a cowboy yeah, jersey here. The Cowboys, bro. Because the owners of the network. Okay, one of the owners is a cowboy fan, and the other owner is a Packer fan. Why I'm here, I don't know. I, I'm here to balance them out. Well, we beat them both. Eli beat them both on the road. But we're all Yankee fans, and that's like that's like the you know the penicillin. Ooh. But you're a Met fan, so you don't know you know nothing. Yankees suck, dude. You see that? You see that? You know, listen. How's the Grom's shoulder? His leg, lower back. He's, he's shot. <laughs> hey, he's shot. listen. He's gonna win a third Cy Young in shot. a row. He's gonna look like he's gonna look like Matt Harvey. will be with the Devil Rays. Oh Jesus! Years. Please don't don't wish that on my team. I you know don't really have enough sadness. How about this freaking closer who makes it exciting every time? Uh, he's brutal. He's he not has, the, it's he funny. Has, he has killed us for two straight uh, years. I never he saw a picture. He blows so many, so many saves. And he, but he, not even like what, like three run leads. He but, blows. But you know, he puts two on and then he gives away a home run. He's you know, terrific. You know what's sad though? Like a heart attack with the Grom shoulder. He. Probably be pitching on my softball. It's not his shoulders. It's uh, it's his side. It's oh, his side. His side. Okay. It's not his pitching. Anything Let's, to do with his pitching. It's like a leg. Somehow, shit. I want to bring this back to you. Um, what what have you been working on the last couple of years? What do you got going on now? What's in the can? You know, the I, can? I just got. I just. I'm so depressed. I, I gotta be. I'm so down. I just. You know, the movie we wanted to make the movie. You know, and. Uh, so many good, you know, the short won so many awards. We we were nominated for Best Picture at a lot of these short festivals. You know, I mean, that's not saying anything because some of these no, festivals. Are just, of course, I wasn't in it, but well, if I was in it, they would have lost all those festivals. I felt really good, you know, about it. And uh, we got these investors. Boy, that world, let me tell you, that world wow. to, to ask people for money is a world I just did not enjoy doing. And I had, we had, we had this one woman who was going to give us $5 million. We wanted 1.2. We we're going to get five from her. And we were in lawyers. We were paying lawyers. We're down to the last second, the last thing. Okay, I'm transferring the money. It was all done. 
Jimmy. I went through everything. My buddy was going to quit his job. I said, do not quit your job. Let's wait until we have the money. And at the last minute, she turned out to be a quack. She was nuts. She was like, oh, the IRS is freezing my account, my assets. You know, you don't know who these people uh, are. Really. When it comes down to the money, it just gets. So that's an ugly scene. So now that's in limbo. And I don't know what's going to happen with that. Yeah. Well, right now, it's, it's, it's back to plugging away. You know, COVID really threw, and, you know, it's really hard now um, to get a part. You know, it's, it's, it's not easy right Have now. Have you been auditioning lately, self-taping? Not really. Well, self-tape, I, I went through a little self-tape situation there, but then that got... Did you uh, read for uh, Mr. Russo? Did you read for that, that movie? Wait a minute. Why is that familiar? Is that maybe I did. Ray Romano's it? directing it? Yes, I did. I thought I was perfect for that. Me too. You know what? I know we read for the same role. So congratulations. I know you booked it. No, no. I didn't get it. I said, I, I didn't get it that. either. I know Ray. I know Ray. He did my show. He did two of my shows. When I, you remember I did this show called The Nights of Prosperity? I don't know if you remember that. Yes, nice I Prosperity. do remember that. But he came on and did a few episodes of that, and I got to know him. Then he came on. Kevin Can Wait, which I was on, right? Uh, I was uh, a regular on that. And he came on and he talked to me. And he would ask me, how's The Sopranos? Because he always wanted to be a serious actor, right? In real life. Yeah. And um, so he wants to know how he's... So I'm like, Ray knows me. You know, I raised him in this movie. He sent it to me probably personally. This is probably a request from him. Nothing, nothing, nothing. No, we're going to go a different direction. I'm shocked. I thought I was going to get that role. I, I, had, I, I thought I played well, too. They even, what happened to me was I went in for one role, thought I nailed it, and I thought I got a call back. Because I, I, I quickly looked they at... him for a different role? Yeah, which means one of two things. Either they like me, but well, gonna, or, or it's like, eh, it's he sucks for the good role. Let's bring him in. You know what? Next I, thing you know, I, you're I, holding... I would take anything in that. I wanted to work with him again. He's great. Do you remember when we first met, Jimmy? Do you remember when we first met? I don't think you remember. Where were we? We were coming out of that Schwartz place, the voiceover place. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. And I ran into you, and I I was looking at you like you were a superstar, because you were the guy in NYPD Blue. You look at him, punch you in the face. As a matter of fact... I know. Listening to you, I'm very afraid to ever see you again. I'm afraid I have to... Bring bodyguard with Listen, me. Listen, you know what's probably going to happen? I'm going to probably end up with your girlfriend, and you're not going to be able to say anything. <laughs> she's and not I, here right now. I, I would love it again. I feel bad because she's going to be like, in the morning, I'll be smoking a cigarette. Happy birthday thing in the background she made me? She oh, that's that adorable. Happy birthday, by the way, to Lenny Benito. Yeah, yeah, today's my birthday. She had the balloons out. That's she made beautiful. presents. Beautiful. You should see what she did in my apartment for me, but that's oh, another story. <laughs> but you know, do you realize I wouldn't be able to, you wouldn't be able to say anything. He'd be like, honey, um, you had to take one for the team. I beat this guy out for every role imaginable. His pension is lower because of me. Oh, hey, I'm just learning about that pension stuff. You know who's very good about that? Mangano. Knows I know. Everything. Well, listen, we'll talk he off the air. I know. I know. He's like, when you call Sig, there's an Asian woman. You need to call him. Talk <laughs> I talked to her. I talked to her. He knows everything. I don't. You do? That. I need to talk to her. I'll talk to you. Off the air, we'll talk about it. So, of course, um, when I'm watching television now, especially my Knicks, um, I see these commercials for Cooper Tires. And who's in the middle of the tire but Lenny Venito. And those spots have been running for two years, and that saved your ass, pays for your health benefits. It's done a lot. And, you know, we got them up a little bit on that, too, which is, you know, I I did the lawyer thing for the first time. You ever do the lawyer thing? So, yeah. I I got a great commercial agent. She's great. Yeah? yeah. Oh, yeah. good. Tracy Goldberg. Uh, I, I, I stopped doing commercials. I, I stopped auditioning for them completely. Because you're too big. And, you're too big now, bro. 
And so she, they called me and said, no, this is different. This is going to be like a spokesman thing. And I was like, oh, okay. And I went in and I remember everybody I knew was there. So you know what I did? I do this too, and it really helps me. I'm going to give you a little tip. Well, you know how they have in the other room? They got the TV running. And I go in there and I watch like two people's auditions, which, you know, really helps me. You know, I don't know how why. Do you, how just, do you watch it? How can you watch the other auditions? I'm the guy that goes near the door to listen too. I'm terrible. But I like to listen you to At the audition, people. you were sitting talking to me. So come on. But you, you, were, you were acting strange. You, you were like, the audition? You were there? I saw you there? Yeah. I never forget. He well, looked. He looked at me. He was like, room "That was opposite. That had a TV on the stand. You, and it was running." You gave me the look. So like I walked in there and I listened to the, this guy's who I did a play with a long time ago, and I was listening to his audition. And the whole thing was was he was stopping a lot of times, you know. So I thought because of the words, because it's hard to memorize that. But I, I got over no. I got the, the way you did it is how I wanted to that kind of style. I wanted to do, but I got yeah. in the room. The lady shut me down doing it that way, and I felt stilted. I actually didn't have a great audition because I didn't go with my but gut. Really down for you and me, though. Yeah, you. I went in. You went in. I went in first. Then you went in. Yeah, wow, maybe. you know what? You probably listened to me. That's exactly what happened. No, it wasn't you. It was a black guy. That's what happened. What maybe I was. Uh, no, listen. I don't want to listen. And let me tell you something. Now man, you're stealing my yeah. my playbook. It's not fair. The director I had done a Snickers commercial with twenty years ago. Okay, that's how you booked it then. You know the director. Well, maybe that's part of it. Yeah, that probably helped. That didn't hurt. That's for sure. He asked me. He goes, "Let me ask you a question. Did you do a Snickers commercial?" I went, "Yeah." In the subway, he goes, "Yes." I go, "That was you." Oh my god, that was you. Cha-ching. Cha-ching. <laughs> Three years later, he's still doing a uh, Cooper tires. And I, said, and I had to replace I, my tires on my car. Did Jimmy Palumbo do a commercial with you? He said, no. I said, wow, you have some decision to make. And he went, yeah. Went with you. Yeah. Like, That's what I said. Yeah. Like, like you know, uh, uh, the, who's the ultimate not going to ever win anything? <laughs> Lenny Benito. I'm telling you, I'm like the Red Sox up to 2004. Maybe I'll make a run now. That's what I'm going to yeah, do. Yeah, but they did pretty good. I, you know win. what? I'm going on the air right now to say... I will never lose out to another role to Lenny Venito again. Yeah, me. As a matter of fact, from now on, you're going to be you're just going to you're going to be my sidekick on the podcast. That's how we're going to. I would be I would be a sidekick for you any day. We're going to do a bit every two minutes a week. What does Lenny feel? And we're going to just talk to Lenny. What did you audition for this week, Lenny? Guess what? I booked it. That's what you're going to do. That's what it is. I come on and go. How you you go? How'd you do an audition? You go. We're shooting tomorrow. You know it's you know it's sad though. Even though you beat me out, you always lose in the next round to Louis Martini anyway. So you, you forget those guys. Yeah. I don't know. Do we go on the same thing? Yeah, Is Louis working a lot? Yeah. Louis doing good? Louis always works. Louis always really? Works. Yeah. Yeah. He seems like he's dead. Nah, Louis great. He, he's great. He's kicking he, ass. He's great. All right. Well, listen, exactly listen. I mean, they they, they, they shot they shot the TV show Roots in less time in this interview. Great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Thank you for having me on. Hey, listen, you're the man. I'll talk to you I off the air. I want you to play softball this Thursday with us. I see if you yes. can make it, and I'll call you. Uh, well, just um, stay on the line. All right. You're really Jimmy at this. I'm gonna get my show next. You got it, bro. And then we're going to run against each other for ratings, okay? And, and, and you'll have higher ratings. <laughs> Thank you very much right. for having me. We'll see you, brother. You know, myself and Gooch are both getting a little older. One of the first things to go is your vision. Thank goodness for our hookup over at Absolute Eyewear in Woodbridge, New Jersey, right on Main Street next to the train station. They have glasses for all ages, all budgets. They have safety glasses, sports glasses. They are a full-service powerhouse offering eye exams and even free lenses for the kids. They work with BCBS, AAA, 
AARP, giving massive discounts. They're open five days a week, closed on Wednesdays and Sundays. Call 732-326-3937 to get your first pair of Ray-Ban, Burberry, Coach, Polo, you name it, they got it. Go see Craig and Johnine right now. Ah, so good to talk to Lenny Venito. You know, it's funny. Um, we were talking to him. It was like we were talking at the bar. We started, you know, I got to excuse myself for talking over him. But that's how you talk when you're talking to a guy at the bar. He's just an old buddy of mine, you know, a colleague really is what he is. And uh, we just always hit it off the moment we met. And plus, I wanted to punch him in the face because he booked. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, listen, I'm telling you guys, look him up. Go to IMDb and look at his and mine. And there's big roles on there that he booked, like, you know, 25 episodes. I was up for those roles. I was in. The, you know, it is like he's Michael Jordan and I'm Patrick Ewing. It's a fine career, maybe. But I Jordan beat me six times. I just couldn't. You know, um, but it's so good to talk to him. I can't believe he's going to play softball with us on Thursday, which is a riot. But a big shout out to Lenny Venito. And um, that's it. So listen, thanks again. Episode number 10. That's a decade of shows, right? No, you can't say that. 10. I'm doing 10 jokes now. Um, or powers of 10. Those of you who have kids at home, that's how they do math now. So now you could use, when you're teaching your kid math, you could say like, if there's 10 Jimmy Palumbo shows and you do 10 sets of 10 Jimmy Palumbo shows. That's 100 Jimmy Palumbo shows. But I don't know if we'll get to 100. We shall see. Um, listen, how can I not do this with the money rolling in? Um, you know, like it, it's just, it's too much money to, to turn down driving down here to Matawan. <laughs> Everybody, thanks so much for listening. Please uh, share, subscribe, spread the word. I really appreciate it. And thanks to Chop Sports Network. Where have you come from? Uh-oh, wait a minute. <laughs> I don't think he was. What number was he then? You can't say you don't think he was number 10 without at least saying what number you think he was. He wasn't was. number 10. Say it. Because I, th I think Rick Cerrone was number 10. Yeah, there's a couple number 10s. I was going to call it, but you know what? I'm going to blow you out of the water anyway, because really, you know, you know what this show really is? Oh, fuck. What was 13? No, he's number 32. Okay. Oh, of course, Ellie Howard, 32. I might brain fart on that. We got to start the show. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it was good, but I, it was too long. All right, so...